Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas responds after the GOP moves to impeach. Well, that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating. Please do it if you haven't done it yet. What are you waiting for? And you can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips on this hump day. Gentlemen, what's up? Yeah, I'm doing well. Doing well. Lots of news today. Yes. Lots of news on this hump day. Then we will uh, be churning our way through it all, the news of the Cray. And don't forget to subscribe, if you haven't already, by the way, to our other podcast on CBN News here, DC Debrief with John Stolness. And that's a weekly podcast rounding up everything going on in D.C. And Newsmakers with Billy Hallowell. And he's got a full-length interview, one a day. Great stuff there where you get the in-depth interview, the whole thing, not edited down, not shortened. So make sure you're checking both of those out and subscribing. Let's take a look at what we got coming up on this podcast today. Actress Danica McKellar has a positive post to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Really interesting experience she had reading the entire Bible in a year and what she took away from that. So we'll get into that today. Looking forward to that. Also on the main thing, pastor and author J.D. Greer was on a recent episode of Faith versus Culture talking about tackling doubts, among other things. So great conversation there. We'll play a little bit of that for you on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas responded to what he called baseless and false allegations leveled against him ahead of a key vote on impeachment articles in the House Homeland Security Committee. And he said, I assure you that your false accusations do not rattle me and do not divert me from the law enforcement and broader public service mission which I've devoted most of my career and remain devoted to. He's been accused of dereliction of duty in his handling of the ongoing and worsening border crisis, which had 302,000 migrant crossings in December, a new record after 2.4 million encounters in 2023. And when a Las Vegas pastor was fatally shot during an alleged dispute with a neighbor in December, one of his children captured the shooting on video using a cell phone. That shocking detail was revealed after Pastor Nick Davies' widow, Sarah, who was also shot and wounded during the incident, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the neighbor on January 19th. The family had called the police twice in the last month about this Uh, assailant after she had harassed the family by throwing rocks, human excrement, and flooded their home. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, that story is just wild. I couldn't get through all the details here in just that short segment. But this pastor lived in a um, community that had an HOA. And for whatever reason, this disturbed person, her name was Joe Junio, and she was just, for whatever reason, targeting this family and harassing them. When they complained to the homeowners association, try to get something done, it ended up resulting in this, just horribly tragic. But that's why there was filming of the incident, because they were familiar with this person and they'd had, you know, all of these confrontations. And so it had just reached a boiling point, just really, really tragic. You wonder how these things unfold, right? How do, how do things like that fall through the cracks? The fact that they were even able to capture it because they knew there was a problem. When you know there's a problem like that, why yeah. 
I don't know. You just, you just wonder how that happens. It's insane that these kinds of stories happen, but it's important to talk about them, right? I mean, to, to be to be aware of them as, as Christians. I know we say this so often, but I think it's just important to know these know these stories so we can ought to pray for people. But this whole story to me is just is insane. Yeah, it's insane and tragic. And of course, we don't know all the details yeah, sure. of everything that happened. So be praying for that family that uh, he's the pastor of a church out there. Uh, I believe it was called Grace Point Church in North Las Vegas. So just be praying for that family and that whole church community there, this senseless loss of life. So, uh, And we have one other update here I want to mention before we get to the focus story. We covered this story on Alistair Begg and his comments on same-sex marriages that got him thrown off of this radio network that he was on. He's There's an update here. He sort of responded and he's... He's doubling down, right? Yeah, so he hasn't addressed anything with the press, but he did address it uh, during a recent sermon. It was actually this past Sunday at his church in Cleveland, Parkside Church. Uh, he acknowledged that he had a conversation or, or he made comments about a conversation he'd had with the grandmother about whether she should go to her grandchild's uh homosexual wedding ceremony. Obviously, he said that uh, he would go, but said that he disagreed clearly with homosexuality. However, now he's saying, even after he's been kicked off of a radio station, uh, that he is not backing down from what he's saying. He said, I stand by what I said. Uh, He said, uh, the fact fact of the matter is, I'm not ready to repent over this. I don't have to. Uh, So pretty strong response so far from Beg. He's kind of standing his ground. As I'm listening to you guys talk about it, it's so confusing and confounding because so many people are looking for moral leadership, right? And so when they feel like they're not getting it, they're reacting very strongly. Not that those reactions aren't warranted, um, but you know, it's also interesting that he wasn't willing to back down in any way. So I don't know where this goes next. I think, I think you have to weigh it against his history though. And his history has been very on target for almost every issue. So I don't know. It's a tough one. I think one thing that I want to mention just to add a little bit more context, this is part of what he said Sunday during his sermon. He said, what happens to homosexual people in my experience is that they're either is that they are either reviled or they're affirmed. The Christian has to say, we will not treat you in either of those ways. We cannot revile you, but we cannot affirm you. And the reason that we can't revile you is the same reason we can't affirm you because of the Bible, because of God's love, because of his grace and because of his goodness. So, but he also made clear during the sermon that he sees marriage as a union between one man and one woman, and there is no alternative there. So he's been pretty clear about what his stance is, as you said, Billy, but I think he's trying to figure out how as Christians, can we toe the line between compassion and conviction? And it's fine for people, of course, to disagree with him. He put his opinion out there and people should be free to to say that they disagree with him as strongly uh, as they want to. Um, But I do think that with celebrity pastors, it's kind of easy sometimes to immediately write them off when there's a whole breadth of experience that Beg has that really shows that he has a pretty solid understanding, I think, of sexuality, of biblical theology when it comes to sexuality. So, yeah, I think we can't just isolate this one incident. We have to look at it as a whole yeah. uh, and feel, you know, disagree with them as much as we want. But I, I don't think we should just write a person off for this. Right. And I think, and the interesting thing is, I don't, in this particular case, is I don't, think people were doing that like they yeah because he the reason this came in the news was because the radio station just dumped him right like no there was no there was no public clamoring to get him canceled from the christian community everyone just saw that he got booted off of this network and then looked at his comments and then i think we're critical 
of his yeah, comments, which, which I think is completely fair game. And so then the radio station decision feels like a whole nother debate to be had. Was was that the right decision to make or, or was it a little bit rash given, like you said, his history of being pretty consistent on this issue? And I think it's a good comment he made about not being affirming or not being, what was it, condemning? Yeah, or, uh, affirming or reviling. Reviling, right. I think that's a good point. I I mean, I think the issue people are having is that it's very difficult, especially in the context of what culture's doing right now on the LGBT issue. It's like basically with a cudgel saying you have to agree with this or else. It's not accept right. us. It's you better embrace this or else. And so there's a there's a there's a sensitivity warning uh, among Christians on these sorts of issues. And so it feels like, oh, we're getting hit with the cudgel again. And it's just yeah. hard to, I think for a lot of people, it's hard to separate the affirming part of of what he described in that particular situation about going, bringing a gift, et cetera. So there you yeah. go. Well, and the gift he talked about was a Bible again. You know, it's, uh, there's so many parts to it. He also said he might not give the same advice if there were different, obviously, as you were saying, to a different context, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting I guess what's so bizarre about this is that you often don't see somebody who hasn't changed their perspective saying this sort of thing. And his perspective theologically on homosexuality and gay marriage has not changed. And that's what I think makes this even more complicated for people who are trying to respond to this in some way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also, like you said, Dan, this isn't something that I, I don't think people were going after him with like, you know, torches and whatever. Works, like, we've yeah. got to get rid of this. <laughs> right. Got to get rid of this guy's I don't platform. Know. I, think, I because... think people do that. I think people no, do that. No, no, no. But not I in do this think case, people though. do that. But I don't think that has happened necessarily in this case. I think this bubbled to the surface because, as you said, Dan, the radio station decided to pull the plug on his program on their platform because the comments were actually made in September of last year. So they've, they've been out there for a long while and... Uh, his he has a big church so people had heard his comments and they were not reacting this way until the radio station made its decision so it'll be interesting to see is the radio station going to maybe alter their choice or, or what that'll yeah. be something we'll just have to keep following in the days to come yeah for sure i mean but it's and look it's a good debate to have as we mentioned on the podcast yesterday because we're all going to be dealing with this and how do we how do we treat unbelievers who are engaged in sin or even people who may claim to be believers but are openly engaging in something that a lot of Christians would would call sin. What do we do with that? How do we engage with the culture on that? There's there's a lot of legitimate questions and so that's why, you know, it's good to bring up stories like this because we can we can talk it through. And we can hash our way through it and hopefully all of us can become better at the end of it and, you know, able to love our brothers and sisters well. So, all right. We're going over to the focus story now, and actress Danica McKellar recently revealed the lesson she learned after reading the entire Bible in a year. So what's going on here? Yeah, you know, we've covered Danica's faith journey quite a bit, and she basically put out a video for Great American Family. They have a little community there uh, where the actors will um, say different things they believe in or tell their stories, and she's been sharing these Bible Bits videos, and in a recent one, she talked about how much she really enjoyed reading the Bible. Yeah, I've got to hand it to her. Most people don't become Christians and within a year and a half read through the entire Bible, yeah. and yet um, she did that. She said she enjoyed it. It left her feeling deeply uh, comforted. And so in this video, it's about three and a half minutes long. She basically just describes her experience going through all of scripture. And again, that comfort 
that she fell, even in some of the difficult chapters. You know, she didn't shy away from that difficulty, especially as a new Christian. You know, when you get to Job and you see that he's suffering and his friends are you know, basically saying, well, it's your fault. Um, it's something you did. And, and she talked about that. She said, you know, even in those challenging moments, it was still comforting seeing how God interacted with humanity and continues to. And she shared that it's the Bible recap that she's been going through, which chronologically moves through um, the Bible, through the Old and the New Testaments. And so uh, just a pretty, pretty cool story. But one other thing she said is that she sees how God rewards faithfulness and is truly good, um, that those were, were just things that stood out to her. Yeah, I mean, super valuable. I mean, I know, uh, Billy, you and I did the same one last year. I'm doing that one again. I know you guys are on to a different one this year. It's my third year in a row. And like, while I'm very bad at memorization and, you know, it is it is a great just kind of overall arc you get in your mind of just um, how God has interacted throughout time and throughout history, like she said, with humanity. So it is, it's a great thing to do. And look, you can't go wrong being in the word daily. So uh, what are what are some of the other values she pointed to that she's walked away with doing this? Yeah, the big thing was, you know, she talked about God's relationship to humans and sort of the tough love that a parent sometimes has to show children, seeing sort of reflections of that in his goodness. Uh, But the big thing, and she said she felt this was one of the biggest themes, almost above even good versus evil, which is obviously present throughout. And we see that again in the old and the new. She said humility really stood out to her, that the the theme in the Bible of ego versus humility, um, she found that really compelling and that from a human point of view, she said it feels like the lesson we're supposed to learn is about ego versus humility and the way to live our lives in humility. And it doesn't mean that anything is being taken away just the opposite. Um, and just the danger she sees through scripture in following the wrong things in life rather than living, you know, with humility and finding a reward in that. She said, if I can get in touch with humility, God floods in and it just feels amazing. And so just really cool to see her on this very public journey. Cause a lot of people, they don't, they're not so open and vocal about it, but she has been this entire year and a half now. Yeah, and it, look, it can be overwhelming when you go through scripture. Like you said, for the first time there's some there's some verses that'll make your eyes pop out like what? You know, that what? You know, the violence of the Old Testament and just some just some insane stuff going on and and so it can be I think leaving you with an overwhelming overwhelmed feeling, right? And so clearly that's good to see that she doesn't at least appear to be having that for the most part. She's got more of the sense of awe and wonder, which also scripture should leave you with as well. So it's great to see her going in that direction. Any uh, final thoughts on, on her speaking out on this? Yeah, you know, I would just say we got to be praying for her um, and and other actors like her because these people in Hollywood, they they face a really big uphill battle. And especially, you know, coming into faith later on in life, I just think, you know, we got to be praying for her and making sure that we just appeal to God to keep them strong because it's not an easy industry to be a believer in. Whenever celebrities are are willing to kind of put their neck out there, right, and talk about their faith, uh, they're kind of putting themselves on a, a cultural chopping block these days. So I don't want to like overstate it or say that these people are like true heroes for, for just yeah. speaking out about their faith. Like, right, you don't want to overblow it and kind of put them on a pedestal. But at the same time, we live in a culture that's increasingly hostile toward our faith and especially Hollywood, the entertainment, like media 
industry, I think is like to an even greater degree hostile toward our faith, because that's where a lot of that hostility is born out of. A lot of it is coming from Hollywood. Um, So to see somebody willingly going against the grain and kind of taking their own path uh, and, and, and being open and honest about, look, I'm not in charge. God's in charge. Uh, the scripture is is true. It's the one one uh, true. Uh, there's one true God, and there's one way to heaven. That's a that's a big thing to say. Yeah. Um, so kudos to her for being willing to to speak out about it, and also just to share uh, the good that comes out of being a follower of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And look, let's be happy about uh, someone with a presence and you know a voice in our culture today. Totally. Think of everything else that comes out of Hollywood right now. It's 99% of it's awful and perverted and disgusted and demonic in a lot of cases, like literally with some of the performances we see. So let's celebrate when there's someone who has been called by God to call on his name and to point people to him. Like we just, let's just celebrate that. We'll be happy about that, given all the other nonsense that's going on. Uh, surrounding Hollywood. So cool. Appreciate you uh, bringing that one to the table today, Billy. And we're going to head on over to the main thing now. And pastor and author J.D. Greer was on a recent episode of Faith versus Culture to talk about how, as Christians, we can navigate questions and even doubts about our faith as we continue to build our relationship with the Lord. That conversation is today's main thing. Pastor J.D., how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Love you. Love what you do. Well, of course, thank you so much for being here. So you have a brand new book. It's called 12 Truths and a Lie, Answers to Life's Biggest Questions. I want to dive right in and ask you, why did you decide to write this book and why did you decide to release it now? Yeah, yeah, great question. There are probably two different streams I would use to answer that question. The first is, as a pastor of a little bit over 20 years now, which is kind of hard to say, um, I've found that there's a lot of people sitting in pews or chairs um, all across the United States that have a lot of questions they're scared to verbalize. And by the name of the book, 12 Truths and a Lie, I deal with the 12 most common questions I get asked as a pastor. Um, and the lie is that the presence of these questions or the presence of doubts makes you a bad or defective Christian, that there's something wrong with your faith. And what I try to show in the book is that the majority of our Bible tray was written by people with questions like the ones that we ask. And um, they, they, they learned to find faith in Christ through those questions. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great you know, preachers in the 19th century in Great Britain, he said um, that doubt is like a foot poised, you know, like you pick your foot up. Um, he said, and it can go forwards or backwards in faith. It's true that that doubt or a question can drive you backwards into unbelief, but it's also true that you'll never really take steps forward in faith until you picked up your foot. And doubt and questions can be a kind of divine invitation that is seeking you to, to press in more deeply into the, the beauties and the mysteries of God. The second stream, and I'll just make this in real quick, is that I found that people basically have the exact same questions. Um, I used to, back this book, what inspired it is I go on college campuses in our area and we'll just do open mic and it'd be me and literally several hundred students. And some of our congregation members are like, how in the world do you do that? That's got to be like terrifying. And, I, and I'm like, they only ever ask variations of five questions. Once you learn the answers to those five questions, then it's remarkable how, how the same questions they were asking in the first century are what they're asking in the 21st century too. 
You know, I think so often we can look at the Old Testament and we can see uh, the Lord leading the Israelites and then obviously they fall back into old patterns or they fall back into doubts. And I, I look now in retrospect and think, how could they be so so silly to go back to their sin or to to deny the Lord? Uh, and then in the New Testament, you're referencing uh, the disciples. They're seeing something miraculous happening before their very eyes, and they still don't believe it, or they still have questions, or they still think this really is too good to be true. And we can look back and say, man, they just really didn't get it. But so often we do the exact same thing in our life. It just looks a little bit different, right? We we have the whole canon of scripture and we still say that's not enough, or we've seen the Lord move and act in our life. And we still say, we can write that off as a coincidence. That wasn't the Lord moving. So often, at least in my life, doubts have become a barrier to my relationship with the Lord. How do we keep that from happening? How do we take those questions to the Lord or to our brothers and sisters in Christ and still be in pursuit of our relationship with God? Yeah, one of my favorite definitions of faith, Trey, is that faith is accepting what you cannot understand because of what you can understand. And if the criteria for belief or for feeling peace in our belief is that I'm going to have all these questions answered and I'm going to know everything, then you're never going to actually find faith. The disciples, the Old Testament writers that you're referring to, they all had one thing in common and and and, and is that if you go back and read their books, most of them were writing out of the turmoil of unanswered questions and, and doubt, God, why aren't you doing this? Uh, another definition of faith I love is is that faith is the unexplainable. It's when the unexplainable meets the undeniable. Um, I was recently with, uh, um, she's a, a Yale PhD university professor. She's actually at UNC Chapel Hill now, and she was talking about her her struggle toward faith. And, um, and I told her, I said, imagine that you had all these questions, and just imagine. Imagine that Jesus were to suddenly show up. And we're to show you, you know, nails in his hands, his feet, show you that he resurrected from the dead. And we're saying, I'm not going to answer your question, but I'm going to show you that I am who I say I am. Would you be willing to suspend your doubt? And, to, you know, knowing that Jesus had risen from the dead until he could explain it to you in heaven. And she said, well, yes. And I said, well, that's really the key here. You know, Tim Keller used to use the phrase, um, do you doubt your doubts? You pride yourself on being skeptical. That's awesome. But maybe you haven't been skeptical of the one thing you should be most skeptical of, and that is your own ability to understand everything and your own inward ability to figure things out. Maybe that's what you ought to doubt, and maybe the the resurrection of Jesus is a reason, a reason to consider doubting your doubts. All right, thanks for that conversation there. You can check out that full conversation on the CBN News YouTube channel. Uh, We had him on our episode of faith versus culture and i'll put the link to that in the description to this podcast so if you're looking for that just look in the description the link will be down there it's a great conversation with a uh, pastor greer so all right that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today we've got proverbs thirteen ten: where there is strife there is pride but wisdom is found in those who take advice it just it kind of reminds <laughs> me of what we were talking about yeah. with danica um and just the reality that pride really is dealt with so much throughout scripture and we've we've got to have humility that's true it's it's our main stumbling block no doubt about it yeah for sure even what jd greer was saying there right like realizing that if you doubt it's because we're fallible we can't yeah. understand everything so realizing that we don't have all the answers but we can go to a god who does have all the answers. We just have to be humble and patient enough to wait on his timing. Amen. Great spot to leave it on this edition of the Quick Start Podcast. As always, get on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more. Lord willing, 
that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow. Friday Junior's up next. <laughs>